by Lockjaw. Hello, this is Kate Crisis, uh, the comic book podcast about graphic novels, sequential art, and other shit. <laughs> I'm the host, Henry Gilbert. I almost forgot my intro, but that's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. And uh, this is just a two-man operation this week with my dynamic duo co-host, uh, Chris Antista. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, bad? no no Brett Elston this week, or as his name was uh, corrected, autocorrected on Chris's phone, Elation. Elation. Brett. I can't believe it. That's why I wish <laughs> Brett was on this week's episode, so I could have called him Brett Elation. To... Oh no, we had a ton of stuff to do. It would have been great if he was here. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Where, is, where is he? He's, he got sick, actually. Sick? Mm-hmm. Sick on vacation? That sucks. Yeah, sick on vacation. Oh, he... But anyway. Uh, you think that's bad? You think that's bad? My junk's back to learn. I've been... <laughs> it will be soon. I've been dying to talk about that. Tell you... You know what happened to me today? What? And I'll probably, like, never get raped or anything. But it's <laughs> been... a great start to this story. It's been traumatizing me, like, every moment I think about it. I got hit by a car. What? Yeah. What? Uh, we've been hanging out for like an hour. I'm like, I can't even tell him this. I got to do it on the mic first. Wow. Uh, I got hit by a car. Um, How? Yeah, it was pretty awful. Well, uh, uh, let's just say I scheduled a last minute 2013 eye exam. <laughs> because, people, if you're listening, I was sort of looked into it. If you have health insurance, mm-hmm. uh, I can get a pair of glasses and then go back in January and get a pair of prescription sunglasses really nice oh wow yeah you get two pairs of glasses i'm running out of time i gotta do this exactly you gotta do it and i I didn't know i was get i was scheduled it for the fucking mall it's it was in the The westfield Westfield? mall like behind the because i had to call them and i couldn't find it oh we're on the fourth floor behind the elevators i'm like well why be in the mall why be in the mall if you're all the way back there Mm -hmm. i went in there and it was i haven't had an eye exam i was telling you that i haven't had one in 10 years Man, so how bad are your eyes? They they apparently didn't get much worse. But mm-hmm. one, the, the weird instance, I walk in there, and it's this some um, unpronounceable Asian name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just picked it out from my Lee. thing. It, way. <laughs> uh, one of those. And, you know, the assistant's helping me out. And I'm like, all right, here's the doctor. Short, cute Asian girl. And it's the first time I've gone into a doctor's office. <laughs> and the doctor is younger than me. Ooh. And it, wow, it's something about that makes I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> yeah, this this location sucks, but this this broad has her own business, <laughs> operating with a degree with a with a master's degree, a postgraduate degree, which I will never have. And mm. and she's like, all right, let's start with your eye exam. And they bring that like a uh, uh, weird bat mask over to your face. And immediately I'm seeing through the people's eye I've never and I see her through the before it's even like up to my face, I'm like uh. that's the clearest I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> in at least ten years. Holy shit. Holy shit. Wow. So I get I get all that shit done. Um I and she was like, Alright, let me dilate your eyes. And I remember that happening before and like you're gonna be sensitive to light. Yeah. And like, yeah, I've been through all that shit before. I don't yeah, I don't care. It it wasn't I wasn't that sensitive to light. Uh-huh. And um and uh, yeah, I went downstairs. I went. To, I was done. Went down to the Microsoft store. Like, hey, give me the charge and play kit. Uh, your the batteries you gave me on lunch day are already dead. And I played that thing for like eight hours. Um, I've been thinking of Xbox one. one of those too. It's Twenty bucks. And, well, we had that incident last night. Like, oh, a free moment. 
I'm going to play some Pegla on the X-Borks. Battery's dead. It's 11 o'clock. You want me, Chris Antista, to leave the house at 11 o'clock for batteries? You don't own any batteries? Why would I? Nothing I have is battery powered. We lost our We lost our remotes a long time ago. Your emergency flashlight. No, my fucking uh, prostate jiggler is all lithium-powered, uh, rechargeable batteries. Nothing. Got nothing there. Uh, went, went down there, and then all of a sudden, like, I don't know what demo came on in this, like, screen-wide, like, Flash of light. Ow! 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 All right. And, I'm, I'm, and it was sort of like haunting. I'm trying to leave the mall and there's Christmas lights. Like, wow, really sensitive. Forgot yeah. my sunglasses because, like I said, I was going to get them in January. And um, it was, I'm next to the Disney store. I might as well check and see if they have. Ah, comics. The Marvel Vinylmations that Disney cruelly made. Oh. Right as I try oh, and kick man. my Vinylmations habit. These amazing <laughs> Thor, Nick Fury, Vision. It's horrible. Oh, it's just, they're too good. And I'm like, and I haven't had them at the Disney Store in forever. And as a cyclist in San Francisco, um, I am entitled yes. and don't care about your traffic laws. Mm-hmm. And I swear, I, I looked. I'm, I'm riding yeah, you know, on the cyclists have to stop at stop signs. Well, like I was at one of to, San Francisco's lovely six way intersections. Yep. And uh, there are. There are I looked behind me and I sw- there was nothing there and and I'm like all right I'm just gonna bounce over here and there were all they're also like stupid fuck goddamn tourist and your addiction to thinking we have cable cars here we don't <laughs> and the only reason we do is because you think there are and somebody and is gouging you for one money made to it, let you ride yes it's no means of transit so what you've done is ruin Market Street and make it so I have to cut like do a ninety degree angle to cut across on my bike when I want to break traffic laws uh-huh. and. Um, yeah, and, and, and like the last second I turned and around and like it's the sun and it's like it, like a flashbang and fucking call of duty. Uh, wow. Boom. And then nothing. Like I think I still got this and I'm just riding straight across the street and I looked. Taxi cab just. Oh, man. And like, well, and I said I got hit by a car. My front wheel got hit by a car. It, tur- oh. it, it knocked my bike down. I hit with my leg and I'm like standing up with my bike between my legs like it knocked my bike out from underneath me alright but the whole day I've been like terrified of cars like I want to play some Need for Speed (laughs) Uh, uh. like I watched some Simpsons on Hulu and if you're watching Hulu right now and like me I think every single fucking break you're getting that annoying Lou Reed PlayStation ad telling you to buy something that isn't available in stores Mm mm-hmm I hope they know that's a waste of money. I want to send that message. I to also Sony. think it was great timing that they did that. They, yeah, Lou good Reed's for... death had to come with that. Like, they probably gave him. I like to think he at least got like you know, hundred thousand dollars from PlayStation or what? Wow, that's Beatles money. But like, thirty thousand dollars for that song to use it in a Sony ad. Um, I would uh, bet significantly more. I would hope he got paid that much. Well, I mean, because I looked in this a long time ago. Uh, yeah, but then they also needed rights to remix it and resing it. It's not Lou Reed's voice. So you have oh, to pay for the rights of song in the uh, ancillary, ciliary, this and that. I could be wrong. Correct me on Twitter, Cantista. But I, the I, state of Lou Reed, correct me. We were talking, even as we were on our way up here, like, are we really living our lives? <laughs> and I'm not. So that is the closest brush with death I've had in a while. I don't do drugs anymore or drive drunk. Mm-hmm. Coming to see you, Florida, in just a couple of weeks. So <laughs> for both wait. of those things, that's partially why I got glasses. Oh god! So, <laughs> so I could drive my dad's '97 Ford Explorer home from a bar, and uh, yeah, I got the anti-glare too. Yeah. I'm gonna be a real good drunk driver. 
Wow, man, well, that was some story. And yeah. and that and that my bike wasn't. Dan- and this thing, oh, yeah, like, your bike is okay. Because I have to. I didn't see him. I was looking that he just he was flying. Uh-huh. He was well, flying like cab, cab drivers don't give a fuck. But he I don't give a fuck enough to hit a dude on a bike. They don't care. You're probably like the third guys he's hit this week. Yeah, he he really nailed that tire. I can't. I'm not a bike expert. I t- I take I said that story a while back. Like uh, I had a car delivered food for a long time in Florida, and it's like mm-hmm. every week, like breaks hundreds. 200, 500, like everything's hundreds of dollars on a car, mm-hmm. and like my whole bike, bike, like exploded underneath me, and like uh, parts are strewn across the streets, and you just hear fl- jagged metal. This is a couple weeks ago, and like, oh man, I gotta get this all fixed. The hubcap bent underneath itself, the spokes caved in. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, this is gonna, it's gonna cost you. It's gonna be seventy dollars. <laughs> Fix it twice. <laughs> Fix it four times. I, uh, that's great. I love having a bike, not a car. Uh huh. Now, what I mean. You live in a bike-friendly city. I do, I do. Though, yeah, you know, I oppositely... Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, I read a story that was about a, a bicyclist like went to the Castro, mm-hmm. did not stop at the light like he was supposed to, mm-hmm. and ran over a person and killed him. On a bike? Like, on a bike. This, he had vehicular manslaughter on a bike. Whoa. Like that, one of the first ever charges for this. And it was just because the guy, like... Whoa. When the guy was adjudicating, he admitted, like... I wasn't careful. Like I just, I just, I've driven through people all the time like that, and he was—he'd probably been thinking all these other times, like uh, stupid pedestrians get a bike, and just went through. That's what we say. Yeah, exactly. That's what we say, and that's part of the reason why it's the great thing about riding one is because we don't have to obey your traffic laws, baby. We go so much faster. There's so many times in Berkeley when. I see a bicyclist, I'm like, they're not going to stop at this stop, so I'm going to have to slow down myself. I want to, like, put my arm out and just clothesline him, right? See, but that story, it was the, like this the joke from Kids in the Hall that David Dave Foley told. Yes. About the letter he wrote to the guy that he clotheslined on the back. Side walk. Side. I, that is truth to me. That is, but that is, that yeah, is the I ride thing that as a cyclist, like, stop sign. I get why they're there. Cars, you need to stop. You are a rolling hunk of one-ton metal, and oh, yeah. you can't stop very easily. I'm very rarely going over like 15 miles an hour on my bike in no, the no, first no. place. Hey, look, if this is a competition, was worse. Cars are worse. No, no, they're but I have worse. I have yeah. plenty. Like a stop sign is there, so you can take into account traffic coming both ways. Mm. I'm not going as fast as a car, and I can brake much easier. So yes. I have an, I have a lot longer to sense the layout of an intersection at a stop sign. So people are like, ah, oh, you never stop at stop sign. Not to like cut like cut you off. It's just that we don't need to. It's not necessary. All right, all right. Okay, so yes. that was a, that was a all great story. Thank you for sharing. I got hit that by was... a car. Yeah, well, it was an awesome story. Where's my arena? Yay! Thanks. All right. Well, so uh, now for the uh, let's see. So man, I can't, it's hard to follow that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been reading comic books. Well, who is a superhero that rides a bike? Ghost Rider. Wait, he has a I car now. He's got he? a car now. Yes, he's getting. Have it. you read that? Is Aaron writing that? Uh, no, Aaron's not writing it. I no. don't know who's writing it, but it's a uh, yeah. He's he's going in a slightly different direction of seventies mm-hmm. nostalgia and seventies filmmaking. So now mm-hmm. he just has a badass muscle car from hell. That he's like the driving. Wonder Woman cartoon. Mm-hmm. She has a. It was maybe it was like a, a pilot that isn't going to series, mm-hmm. but yeah, Wonder Woman has an invisible like seventy six Chevy. Oh, is that and, that shit, the pilot that from uh, like last year? Yeah, well, it was this year. I'd like to think I'm living in the now, Hank. 
I guess it was early this year. Which, maybe, maybe. Uh, but anyway, yeah. She it, also doesn't have a la- uh, last of truth. Um, she twerks. Now that that definitely makes it last year or this year. Um, I really like that Miley Cyrus on Saturday Night Live had a good joke about twerking. And she's like, "Man, I think twerking is cool, but now that white people are doing it, I'm just not into it anymore." <laughs> It's your fault. That's the joke. Really, That's the joke. I really hate being attracted to her. Mm. She is thirteen years younger. Than Whatever, me. man. Whatever. It's just normally there's always that bit of bullshit when you're served up a a woman to find attractive, uh, and something when she cut her all her hair off and became blonde and yeah. started sticking her tongue out. Like I don't know. Like well, I that like works that for she's me. Getting weird. Yeah. Like, That's. But she keeps not... twerking and she has no ass. But like Katy Perry, like is just mm-hmm. she's. Katy Perry is hot, and she sort of acts weird-ish sometimes. But she's, Katy Perry is very beautiful. Katy Perry looks like the nerdy office girl that everybody decided to get together and make up one day. Uh, like, and she's all that. They took a bed, yes. and she's she looks. All that. She looks like that. Like, yeah, you can technically be hot with a lot of work. What are you talking about? The, the boobies. It just, but it's not that she. But she's not like not hot. The, the boobs are very nice. Yeah. You see me say anything about the boobs? No. See me complaining about the breasts? Um, <laughs> Crusty joke? No, nothing. <laughs> Simpsons reference. Of but her hair, yeah. Her, I mean, she, her head above the neck, it looks like a makeover mm-hmm. city. Yeah, but her face, good, she looks, she looks she's like pretty, deep, pretty, but like a normal, normal looking chick. Uh huh. Well, that's what I like about Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. and more so than Miley Cyrus. Even mm-hmm. that they're just both weirdos. Like they, are, I think Lady Gaga is just totally just a weird art school kid. I think she is too. I think that, pro- that comes from famous. she's actually an artist. Yeah. Writing her own music, God forbid. Yeah. Well, the Miley—that's why it still feels like I feel like Miley's doing all the things she's supposed to do, but mm-hmm. to be weird and to shake off her Disney image, like she's going super far with it. But it still feels like this is a managed message of some some level. A bit. Like this isn't this isn't you doing this. A like, bit. Even getting pictures taken with like Terry Richardson is just. Like, well, it's only the tongue thing. Like you don't really yeah. have to pose like that all the time. Uh-huh. You know. I mean, she's getting all those tattoos. That's not fake, like, or they could be. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a tattoo expert. I am. Uh, so, but tattoos are always acceptable to me now. Like God, that used to be so fucking counterculture, and now mm-hmm. it's like that's acceptable expression if you want a tattoo. Though I, re- I remember seeing uh, there was a you know in Vice they had mm-hmm. the do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. One of their do's was the, like, oh, you think you're so hardcore because you have a tattoo. Look at this picture of a woman who has her entire body tattooed as a cheetah, <laughs> and she's just sitting on a sitting on a train in New York. You're talking. City. You're talking to a guy who met the Lizard Man in person. That guy in Austin. Yeah. yeah, I have a picture with him on my MySpace. I've been meaning to create a Facebook folder called MySpace. God, we have not talked about comic books. Not. You said Ghostwriter. Yeah, Ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. All right. No. What did I read? Well, uh, so I just got today. This Marvel's doing this weird thing called mm-hmm. the Epic Collection. Hmm. Which is where they take comics... Homer, the Odyssey... And... No. No, but they take comics that they would have no other reason to collect in chronological huh. order and collect them. Like, runs that are not that popular mm-hmm. from, like, Fantastic Four or Avengers True. or Spider-Man. And, and storylines that weren't big events like the first appearance of Ultron or Venom or something like mm-hmm. that. Or even just an Ultron or Venom story. Mm-hmm. But it just collects them all into one book chronologically. And so I just got one of those. It's the first epic collection I ever got. It's volume 20, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's the first Spider-Man one they've done. Really? At least that I've noticed. of amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's called uh, The Cosmic Adventures. And it was 
the storyline with Spider-Man became Cosmic Spider-Man. Oh, from during like Acts a, of Vengeance. Like a lo- how long ago was that? Uh, early nineties, like ninety. Yeah, well, I, 90 I had a Marvel 89. card of Cosmic Spider-Man. Yeah, it because, was from the first Marvel. And series. I never, I've never read an issue of that where he can fly, right? Yeah, he gets the powers of Captain Universe. But it was an interesting storyline just because, like, it was just three months long. But in mm. the first issue, he basically gets Superman's powers. And really? Nobody, but he can also shoot lasers out of his hands. But he's, he has this massive power up, and he doesn't know what happened. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good stories. And, like, he fights Magneto, and it's really awesome Like to see. Uh, it, was, it was Eric Larson that drew that one. And of Eric Larson drawn fight of Spider-Man versus Magneto. Like, you never think you'd see that. It's weird. What would, Say, how would that fight go? Well, it doesn't go the way it should because he's cosmic Spider-Man mm. shooting lasers at him and stuff. Same with Spider-Man has a fight with the then gray Mr. Fix-It Hulk in a comic drawn by Todd McFarlane, and it looks awesome. Does that have the whole run? Yeah, so it's this weird thing where it's just starting from X issue of Amazing mm-hmm. up to this issue of Amazing, like 10 issues straight. And mm-hmm. on top of that, the, the tie-in issues from Web of Spider-Man and Spectacular are in there, too. Plus the amazing and spectacular annuals of that year are put at the back. And it's just like That's a kind of year awesome. of Spider-Man in one book. In one, like, but not $30 like... big collection, but it's it's just paper-bound. It's not, it's not fancy. It's supposed hmm. to be... Uh, you know, manageable price because it's it's comics barely anyone wants mm-hmm. unless you were reading them at the time or you're a hyper completist of your thing, which I'm both of those things. Many notable arcs, but I, I have always wanted to check out the cosmic. Well, I mean, arc. cosmic Spidey is no, it's fun. It's mm-hmm. a fun thing to remember. I would like, love hey, to remember Spidey borrow that eventually. And there was also it had a follow up where he had no powers like, hmm. right after that, which was also fun. Spider Man Two, yes, it's, it's, it's <laughs> kind of like Spider Man Two actually, but. Yeah, it was. It's a really fun book. It's just a nice, neat little flashback. They do these all the time now. It's just runs that they have no reason that have never been, in some cases, never huh. been collected before, and that never had a reason to be. Other than now, they have '90s fans that would buy it. Hmm. So it's really, it's a cool book. I also got um, A plus X Volume Two, which is basically it's just Marvel team up. Mm-hmm. Like the format is two ten ten page. Because if you're a Marvel person, a Marvel character, you've been on one team or the other, Avengers yeah. or X Men. So then you meet the other one, mm. and it's a neat little collect. Like the, I grew bored with that very fast. The concept of it is supposed to be that top of the line artists and writers mm. do the equivalent of a backup story. So mm. you at least get great art, but it's just eleven pages, and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But they're fun. They're they're supposed to be fun. Some are more fun than others. There was one, it has a couple really good ones in it. One that I like because it's got the art of Adam Warren, mm-hmm. who is uh, an American comic artist who was who was stealing style from manga before it was cool back mm-hmm. in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. He's still doing stuff. And there was this cool, uh, the team-up was Domino and Scarlet Witch. It was a really neat team because, you know, Domino has luck powers and St- Scarlet Witch has, has chaos magic. Mm-hmm. And so it was a cool combo you never seen before. That. I, I was gonna, I grew bored with I was buying the single issues of that for uh, for very briefly and like this is not really important and it, it no, seems it seems all throw like I said fun it was but it reminded me of because it's not I mean maybe it's canon but they don't do anything important enough to be to, I mean it is you're seeing what are the 
current versions of yes. the people meeting each other in their current But it's not influencing any of the storylines no, that either of them the are point. stuck in. I know it's not, and it just reminded me, like, yeah, but I would read a collection of that because I, I just pulled out, like, my old Bizarro, um, mm-hmm. DC Bizarro collections, which are phenomenal. Did those happen beyond two volumes? Oh, is that the one by all the indie artists? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, it was just those two. Have you not read the Patton Oswalt version? It's great. Uh, no, I haven't. I've only read dribs and drabs. All it, the Patton Oswalt's comic in there, I forget who draws it, but it's like super like Sunday funny strip oh, that's kind of awesome. webcomic art. But it's just um, a very, very hyper-literal depiction of Bat, Jingle Bell's Batman smells. <laughs> Oh, that's you get great. to watch Robin lay an egg and the Batmobile lose a wheel. That's, that's <laughs> pretty funny. It spreads across several pages. That I, I don't think I understand. You, you, you get it when you first start reading it. Mm-hmm. That I'll is what's read, happening. Right. I'll read that. Well, no, so... But this isn't... I think it is... It's just a throwback to the 80s Marvel team-up where mm-hmm. it's just... All you needed for a comic, though, no, is I, the promise, hey, you see these two heroes in the cover? They'll interact with each other. Ooh, I know, fun. but that Bizarro shit is great, because it's just like Evan Dorkin and like Matt Groening, Groening drew the cover. Yeah. But it yeah. just, here's a bunch of, I wouldn't buy one of those, a single story of one of those, but a giant collection of weirdo stories that take mm. place out of continuity and don't have any, that was really fun. Yeah. And a great, great bathroom book. <laughs> yeah, it, it uh, one story or two will last a poop. Yeah. And... <laughs> Uh, well, there was one with uh, uh, back mixes Spitlick had, yeah. and Batmite. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. The Worlds Collide one. I uh, read that one. I did read that one. That was fun. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I read that. Uh, let's see. Uh, somebody else? send me links to more Bizarro comics if, you, if, if some, some exist. Well, let me just repeat again that you should definitely pick up the, mm. the You Like Adventure Time mm? the, and You Like Bee and Puppycats. Yes. So you will like the uh, Fiona and Cake six-issue limited yeah, series that was drawn by Natasha Allegri, the creator of all of those things. Mm. I, well, I think, I, think I, I may have actually Adventure picked up Time. the volume on Comixology, yeah. but now I have to delete everything. You need to sit down with... You know what? We, we've talked a bit about comic management in the past. Like you're, You have to occasionally get rid of your digital collections. Mm. I'm at a point where I like... I have to clear off like 400 megabytes on my iPad just to download a new comic. And I have to make the super hard decision. Like, I'm not done with this collection. You haven't been done with it for a year. Maybe you never will be. Uh, Maybe you just spent 20 bucks and you're never going to read it. So I'm thinking, I just like, I need to delete my Comixology app. And then I'll download again what I feel is important. Maybe you don't care that much about Betty Mary's Archie. If you can't, maybe you don't. You can't remember to re-download it. Then maybe exactly, it's not, it's not important keeping, to you. Yeah. So I that's might do that. Good, that's not a bad way of doing it. So I, I might do that. It's not gone. It's always going to be there. Hey, it's Ali. Yeah, that's mine. I'm going to be drinking a Mad Dog next time. On what? What next are you holding? Weekend. Is this a thing where we buy bum wine now? This is in the uh, MD Twenty Twenty Peaches and Cream. Say to the microphone. What oh. are you holding? Uh, an uh, a mad dog, as it's uh, lovingly called, and that's not why it's MD. Twenty twenty. I read up on this bum wine. Yeah, bum wine. It used to be twenty twenty because it was twenty ounces yes. of twenty percent. Twenty percent alcohol, but no longer. It's actually thirteen percent. That's pretty bullshit. I admit. Well, you don't like alcohol content. What do you care? Peaches I, and cream. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. So Brett bought some mad dog mm-hmm. the other day, mm-hmm. and we foolishly drank it, uh, and it actually like. The reviews of it are right. It numbed my mouth. Yeah, it was really weird. It seemed like it seemed like orthodontic. 
It was it was it was blue and had a weird lasting effect on my face. It, it really is bum medicine. It was kind of upsetting. Like it's really cold outside. It makes you feel like a bum. Yeah, in so, a good way. So I just went to the fridge to get a beer, and I saw that we had more Mad Dog in well, it. Yeah. Henry requested it when All we right. were at. Uh, Enjoy. You may as well try it now. No. No. All right, here. Glug glug. Boy, that was tasty. Yeah. All right, magic, I will take the magic the real of sip. radio. Pretend it's um one of those liquids a superhero drinks to get his powers. Oh, I only think of Popeye. Ginkgo, you mean Ginkgo's pop? Guys, we are live across the internet. And get in here. <laughs> Tyler already spoke to the mic for like nine seconds. You may as well. How is it, Hank? You're getting because we're taste testing live. Uh, yeah. Let me take a picture. A picture of what, Ann? Say it in the microphone. I, I can't hear you. It says, it says bling bling on the bottom. It does. It no, does. that's oh, not the bling bling one. Oh. That's not the bling bling So, Henry, how was this? The peaches and cream? It's okay. I am starting to feel just a little weird after sitting <laughs> I, want I, I want some. I want some. Wait, can you get a picture as, as me throwing it back into my face? Yeah, oh, no, that's... Get fat. You guys on say that to Anne. look back on Anne Marie Lewis's Twitter later to see these pictures. That's right. Or, or you already follow her and now this completes the completes the story for you. These photographs that are being taken. It, it doesn't taste terrible, but it does upsetting things to my kind of oh my synapses. Yeah. It smells like a freshly unpacked oh, IKEA furniture. Yeah. Mm. Well That's not good. That's not good at all. One more sip. Oh, look at him. He's already addicted. Oh, Hank's Hank's a bum wine uh, connoisseur. See Hank out on the street. Like, give him a comic book. He needs help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you see him under an overpass drinking bum wine, (laughs) he needs needs a new issue. And Spider-Man socks. uh, Man, I would have a joke (laughs) if I knew about comic books. It's okay. He, ne- he needs a new issue of comic book number 35. Jesus, it's only an entire medium. <laughs> profess ignorance of all an entire medium. Peaches and cream. Yeah. Anne's going to try some. This is dangerous. Yeah. Right, here we go. If you have to vomit, do it in the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not that bad. It's just bubbling. Chug it. You just got roofied by a corporation. <laughs> Uh, yeah, see, it's tasty. It's that's not bad. Fun, that's exactly... Oh, wait, that's a weird aftertaste. Isn't it? Weird it is, uh, yes, oh, it starts tasting That's why you and Henry like it. After about five seconds. Because it tastes like a shitty can. Well, maybe it's only $5. <laughs> we can have this all day. Yeah, $5, man. How can bums not get drunk off? <laughs> How can they not? I'm going to put this away. You guys talk about comic books. Right, yes, all right. please. All right, that was a fun little aside there. <laughs> I, I miss our taste test. We yes. used to do that all the time on uh, the other show. Uh, anyways, guys. I did want to talk one more thing about what I bought because mm-hmm. uh, based I haven't read it yet, but I'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to it. It's based on what we were talking about last week. Mm-hmm. You know, Marvel versus DC. Sure. That other thing and what defines them. And we're going to go way into that uh, after the break. Yeah, calls. your responses to that were awesome. Like, yeah, everybody had a vested interest some of the in saying best something about that. We've had so it was far. really great. Also, can you believe there's a. X-Men Apocalypse, like they're already announcing the next movie before the first one. It's a little weird. And, and, and Am I totally ignorant? Because I've read both of those separately. I didn't think they were part of the same They're not continuity. connected, but they'll just, I mean... I can X-Men see how, I can see like how they could be. such like a messy history anyway. Apocalypse slips in there easy. But Apo- t- Apocalypse is time travel as well, so... I, but Apocalypse, is that, is that like... 
I don't remember the. I only read Age of Apocalypse, uh-huh. separate from everything. Not did it something lead up to that? I thought it was more like a what if. No, Apocalypse in the was, future. This well, happened. Yeah, Apocalypse would win if the, mm-hmm. if Xavier wasn't around. Apocalypse would win. Mm-hmm. That's the point. But Apocalypse. So it's a just, what if Elseworld comic. Yeah, but Apocalypse in the comics is just. He does way more than Age of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Like he's just. He's the dark side or Thanos mm-hmm. of the Marvel world, or of the X-Men, X-Men world. world. Mm-hmm. That he is like the ultimate threat, super duper powerful, can fight the whole team easily. Mm-hmm. He's a shapeshifter, eternal, super powerful, like he's the first mutant. That's mm-hmm. his thing. And so he is a mega threat, definitely a movie level threat. Like it was only okay. a matter of time before Apocalypse was in sure, one of his movies. Sure. But that makes sense. In since he's there's a time travel aspect to it, which is that uh, he's eternal, so he exists all the time, but Cable is a time travel that fought him. Mm-hmm. In Cable's future, he kills uh, Apocalypse in the future. Mm-hmm. Then he comes back to the present to kill Apocalypse again. Before, mm-hmm. he's like, I killed him once, I can kill him in the past, easy. Mm-hmm. So that, I think they'll bring in Cable with that whole thing. That'd too. be great. But uh, Cable's yeah. one of my favorite, I'll just say, he feels like a 90s villain. He was very, very important. When I was yeah. growing up. You know, we joke about like how they can there's no Mar Spider Man spin offs to make kind of thing. Sure. But they're totally hmm. like X Men hmm. now that's a good deal to get. Like there there are so many fucking X Men. Like Wolverine maybe is the only one that can support his own multi million dollar film. But mm-hmm. there are so many goddamn X Men you don't as long as you keep uh, Hugh Jackman happy. I like, think you got uh, a show. If you if you give some Who's the guy who keeps directing the movies like uh, Rubber and Wrong? I know what you mean. Let him direct uh, Cable and Deadpool. <laughs> Cable <laughs> and Deadpool is one of my favorite com. There was a time when that was like I was reading comics every day, and it was only Cable and Deadpool. They do need a real Deadpool up in there. Oh, but yeah, okay, wait, real, real quick. From what I read, uh, so I bought. I hopefully get them in the mail tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, these books that are the history. They're. They're the history of DC's Golden Age and Silver Age. Like, mm-hmm. they're over 400 pages of comics from each one, curated by Paul Levitz, who was mm-hmm. the former president of DC and the, the biggest DC fan that ever worked for DC. <laughs> and so, I trust his picks on what defines the Golden Age and mm-hmm. Silver Age of DC, both of which I've never really read. So, it's this it's this area of continuity and fandom that, that is new to me. And I... I still it'll still be hard to go back because I mean, I'm not saying Marvel books from that time were written that much better mm-hmm. than DC, but they were at least like pretended to be mature. Sure, like the, and it made it easier like to to see like Spider Man going like, oh, why can't I date Betty Brandt? I wish I could, and not and, maybe not yelling egad and egad <laughs> Lex Luthor. He's done this. <laughs> How could uh, yeah ridiculous stuff like that? Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, but anyway, so when we come back, we are going to dive into Marvel vs. DC. Chris has read the uh, Chris Sims oh. ask Chris thing. You've read it? No, I, did, oh, I, did, I, I thought you were, what I've been reading. Oh yeah, you read that? Yes, I did. So we can talk about it more mm-hmm. on the other side of the break with your answers to it as well. Hey everybody, this is The Break, and thanks for listening to Cape Crisis. If you want to help out, 
the Laser Time Podcast Network. There's a lot of ways you can do that. Go to lasertimepodcast.com. That's our homepage. It's where we host the, every episode. Uh, on that page, you'll see a button to PayPal. Click on that button, and you can donate whatever you want to us. There's also a t-shirt store. You can buy a t-shirt there, a Laser Time product. On the right side, there are links to Amazon. Tons of things on Amazon you can buy through us in this Christmassy Christmas season. Just purchase that, and uh, a little bit of money goes our way. But there's another way you can help out LaserTimePodcast.com and get some premium stuff for yourself. What am I talking about? Well, it's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens, and everywhere else, too. And we did a bunch of commentaries, uh, three different Christmas film commentaries, though they're also films that will work at any time of the year, I think. We did one for Batman Returns, very comic book related, Home Alone, and Gremlins. And the Gremlins one is available if you donate more than $5 to lasertimepodcast.com. All the details are on the lasertimepodcast.com website. You can find out more there. Uh, Also, if you are listening to this on iTunes, be sure you're subscribing and please write up a new review. I'd love to see some new ones, ones that don't uh, insult us, perhaps. And lastly, it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. You know what? We barely talked about Spider-Man this week. Certainly not Superior Spider-Man. But a third volume of Superior Spider-Man is out now that collects up to the awesome Hobgoblin story, which I really like. Like, this is the third volume of Spider-Man. It's going... Superior Spider-Man is going to a lot of really neat places. I think this will be remembered as one of, like, the most interesting storylines ever in Spider-Man history. I love where it's been going. So keep up with it with Volume 3. There is a link to that to buy it on Amazon, as well as a bunch of other comics on the episode page for this one, which is on, again, lasertimepodcast.com. And now, back to the rest of this episode. Fresh orange juice, please. Yes, sir. Looking for a friend? Maybe you can help me. I've got a problem. Why is a quarrel like a bargain? Well, well. What master taught you to write? The answer is it takes two to make it. Like beautiful music, like the dance. Shall we? Your orange juice, sir. Batman special. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's just stop there. <laughs> that's the that's uh, Robin listening in, and he can't stop dancing in the thing. What's your name? Well, he said Batman special. It's drug, right? You interest me strangely. I accept your invitation. <laughs> now Batman has taken a date rape. Though. Wow, this is like it's like a fucking Simpsons joke about I know. the Batman series. He did See, all this. It's all right. We let's stop. <laughs> cut, cut there. Cut there. Yeah, it's just I was looking this uh, weekend. I wanted to watch some old Batman clips, and I mm-hmm. 
it's still so crazy to me that I thought the Adam West show, as as it's called now, it's Batman sixty six. Mm-hmm. But it's just so nuts to me now that I I took it seriously as a kid. Like I, as a kid, I watched the the reruns on TV all the time, and they were these two parters that ended with like this legit question of like, is Batman going to make it? And now when I watch it, I'm like, how could I ever have thought this was at all dramatic? It's so silly. Tune in next week. Same bat time, same yes. bat channel. Well, they would say silly things like that. Like, mm-hmm. that was totally a joke. Like I, I, get, I mean, I watched it in the 80s. Like, mm-hmm. in, in just loving it. Loving it. Yeah. Elated. I love this show. It was so much fun, but now you watch it now and you mm-hmm. see all these jokes. Like, you see... That woman is this whole sexual tension with Batman, but there's also these. I saw this uh, collection of, of great funny clips. One was uh, Robin gets brainwashed by uh, Catwoman's sexy sidekick, and he starts he starts acting like a Kitty bad Kong. teen. And so like, <laughs> I remember that one. Yes. Yeah, the cop goes like, mm-hmm. "Hey, Robin, what's going on here?" And he's like, "Get out." Step off, old man. you mug. Yeah. What and, are you rebelling against, Robin? What do you got? Yeah, and then Catwoman even tells him, when Batman's like, hey, stop there, Robin. She says to Robin, mm, Robin, slay the blue dragon. And then Robin goes, groovy, baby. And then he just starts beating the groovy, punchy baby. shit out of, super, uh, out of Batman. And then Batman, like, raises his fist at one point. And then puts his fist down. He's like, I can't hit you, Robin. You're my you're my board. <laughs> anyway, it was just so much fun. Uh, they, there were also these great clips of from the movie, which you can watch without uh, without stealing from anybody. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix, <laughs> I think. The, uh, the Adam West Batman movie. He does this thing where he keeps talking to... There's like three clips where he sees the criminals. like, mm-hmm. And he says, get away from her, you filthy criminals. <laughs> <laughs> you filthy! And he also, there's a scene where the I UN wish is, show was black and white. Robin. The the union was the the he was at the um uh, the United Nations mm-hmm. and they're arguing in this one scene and he just goes like, "Let's get out of here, Robin." Uh, Inconspicuous. <laughs> and they just slowly inch backwards. Like how could Batman and Robin inconspicuously do anything? It's so much fun. God. Especially with that, that transition music. You feel like that would wake everybody up. <laughs> Alright. But speaking of Batman and old stuff. So, DC versus Marvel. Mm-hmm. It was a big co- topic last week. You read uh, the Ask Chris Colm we were talking about, which yeah. is the problem. And his what he defined it as was that, in case you missed last week's episode or need to catch up. Uh, he defined the mar- the problem is that DC wants to be Marvel. The mm-hmm. DC was king shit of superheroes until the mid '60s, mm-hmm. and then Marvel became number one. What and- it made the problem really look like is that <clears throat> there are no longer as many people at DC who want to make DC comics. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of businessmen who want to follow footsteps of successful comic endeavors. Yeah, it has been yeah. for some time. That's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, the D, the Marvel is more popular than DC, and that. Well, not not that, but they'll do something that gets. I I I, I think that might be. The, I think hits. Marvel is is now officially more popular, more successful as a comic 
uh, publisher than DC. Yeah, that's always close. It's always close, and but it, it's that Marvel's stuff gets headlines until you start killing Superman. Yeah, and and they, even that, like things like that, don't happen a lot in the Marvel universe. Marvel has gay weddings, and um, yeah, well, they were always the more progressive of the two. Like, mm-hmm. That was kind of their thing. Um, and yeah, that's that's definitely what I am feeling more when I see when I see their comics, and that that the current crop of New Fifty Two, I think, like turns their back on a lot of what made DC really interesting and cool. Like historically, mm-hmm. what makes a DC a lot of fun and its own and special and unique from Marvel, and was, that was what I said last week. Totally obvious to everyone. What the... that that in that whole but that whole thing in between their superheroes is that all DC characters are like. Uh, jocks who are born with, or like their po- the powers are innate to who they are as human beings, mm-hmm. or Marvel characters inherit a burden. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's been said by a lot of people. You mm-hmm. saw it in that comic, or in that in that column too. He mentions it. Some, so, no, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I saw it mentioned that specifically, but when it, when it, having written very few stories, like it's it's hard to write a relatable character who had the origins of most of the DC characters nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why the... I'm a pre-existing hero. Marvel characters start out as nobody. And yeah. manage their superpowers. Well, and they, and it's, they have to balance a regular life with it. Like in and, and somebody, somebody pointed out to me, they, they said immediately, like, what about Animal Man? And it was like, there were Animal Man and somebody else. I'm like, you're right. Mm-hmm. But that are, those are clearly exceptions they were created to the DC in, universe. But, the, but they're the examples of the problem mm-hmm. that, that they were created in the shadow of Marvel to be more Marvel-esque heroes. Mm-hmm. That... And and Chris Sims had a good point in there that it's not all bad, even if no. that he says like the, some of the best comics ever uh, made have been made because DC was trying to pretend to be Marvel, mm-hmm. and that's I mean when DC is trying to be mar- more Marvel esque, they've made better comics than Marvel has in some occasions. Like <laughs> you could say Daredevil, is, Dare, Frank Miller's Daredevil mm-hmm. was really great, mm-hmm. but I liked his Batman comics more. Like true. They, he when he wrote Batman, at least and I'm talking about the Dark Knight Returns and Year One, those were icon like truly iconic Batman stories that just defined Batman mm-hmm. forever. And that's also true about Daredevil. But like Frank Miller r- raised Daredevil's profile. He just with mm. Batman, he just added to the foundation. Mm. That was that was the difference there. And I, I think with the old Superman comics, it was just like Superman is given this impossible task and you get to see him complete it. But one story just ran into the next. It didn't really matter what happened before. Like it didn't, they, continuity didn't matter all that much either in old mm-hmm. DC comics. And no, it didn't the, seem the, to. Yeah. The justice league may have existed outside <laughs> concurrently of with Superman. Yeah. It, did, it didn't really matter. Like mm-hmm. it took, it took bat, uh, you know, there was, uh, how, how the multiverse even was created was that they just made a new guy called Flash and tried to pretend the old Flash never existed mm-hmm. until about a few months in. A few months in, they're like, "Yeah, people remember we had this other guy named the Flash. That guy's on Earth too. This is the <laughs> Earth One Flash, and that's the Earth One Green Lantern. This is the Earth One. They started making all the Earth One characters, but they never made a clear delineation of like, well, so wait, which which Superman lives on that world then? What Batman? What yeah. well, Wonder Woman? So they." It took him a long time to really commit to say, like, okay, these are the Earth One Superman stories. Mm-hmm. And at least with Batman, they made this clear distinction where when uh, this group editor took over, 
Mm. And he put the yellow oval, oval under Batman's signal. Mm-hmm. He said, that's the start of Earth One Batman. Earth One oh, Batman neat. is that symbol. So mm. those stories on are Earth One Batman stories. Not that that was true, but... So at least like with with Marvel, you you can say, but though it, it, there are a million different branching storylines that came out from that, mm-hmm. but the Spider-Man you read now is the Spider-Man that appears in Amazing Fantasy 15. Yes. And... So you can say, well, everything that happened to him in all these other comic books mm-hmm. still happened to him. They, but I always remember this this thing that er, I read that Eric Larson said that mm-hmm. these comics only count as much as the owners of them want them to count. Mm. Like he, Eric Larson was said he wrote all these Spider-Man comics mm-hmm. that still happened and they could count in continuity whenever a writer feels like it. Mm-hmm. But if no writer or editor feels like making those count or recognizing those stories, then they didn't happen. They may as well not have. And a modern reader who is not familiar with those stories doesn't consider continuity yeah. brought in from them. 90s don't matter anyway, yeah. like in that in that regard. So anyway, yeah, that's those were my big thoughts on it. Did you have any more you wanted to share um, before we go into the the many great no, uh, replies I, I, I thought it painted a sad picture a sadder picture of DC because I'd never thought of them like as as people as businessmen who were struggling to keep up because to me they've always coexisted as I don't know Coke and Pepsi you know mm-hmm. but then that, that they've had a hard time against Marvel for so long I happen to prefer Marvel mm-hmm. um, I don't know when that happened I, th- I, I honestly think it came down to like I was lightly dabbling in comics and then met a friend who was super into Marvel. Yeah. So it, it helped me easily get get into Marvel very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I constantly feel bad when people call us like Marvel dick writing assholes. And, um, I guess a couple that, people did this week. Yeah. And it's not that I don't want to get into DC. It just, it, it doesn't hit in the same way that Marvel mm-hmm. does for me. And, and, and it's, that's only 50% of my own nostalgia that I'm bringing into it. I, yeah. I do have a history with these DC characters. And I just think a lot of the repackaging of New 52, I'm just not into. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, not all of it, but a lot of it's just like, eh, this isn't Superman. This I feel guilty like... about it. Whenever you bring up a story about DCs being shitty to their editors, and it's like, well, there's another explanation why. It's not that I don't want to like DC and read as much DC as I do Marvel. It's just... Well, yeah, the there, editors aren't... The, no, it's the editors not treating the writers and artists. There are things really. beyond my control. And, and, and that, like, oh, there's there's another reason yeah. why I don't. It doesn't... When I say, like, because they're born gods, it's not it, it's not the reason why I don't read as much. Yeah. It, and, it, I mean, the writers and artists are part of a corporate culture in Marvel, too. Mm-hmm. But when you read what's going on in Marvel now, it, mm-hmm. it looks like the writers are making what they want to mm-hmm. write, not, not what is a... a uh, uh, comes from on high and mm-hmm. tells them mm-hmm. that it sounds like they just people gave a good pitch to a Marvel editor and they let them do it. They said, "Hey, this is what I think a Captain America book should be." And they're like, mm-hmm. "We agree, do it." And so instead of, "Hey, this is what Superman stories are," mm-hmm. but I have a better idea. No, you don't. Cut. <laughs> You're fired. Whatever. All right. Well, let's let's get into the responses from last week. So. Mm-hmm. Which the question was, what is the key difference between DC and Marvel? Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with our first responder, which is White Steve Harvey, who has a great gif of Godzilla, by the way, an old Godzilla. Uh, but it is, 
With DC characters, I feel like I can look up to them as role models, like Superman living the truth, justice, and American hmm. way. With Marvel, I feel like I can relate to them being normal, yet wanting to be something something more like Spider-Man. Hmm. That's a good way That's to put right. it. Uh, I, I did like what, uh, in the, I'm, I'm in the comments of the article, where, uh, saying, this ain't video game apocalypse. Yes. Can't do both. Uh, but he said, uh, I, I read both DC and Marvel regularly uh, for the last decade or so. Uh, but before that, I solely read Marvel. I got to say, the key difference between Marvel and DC lies in the quality at different levels. I feel as though DC's oh, I read this one. I definitely DC ceiling this. is higher than Marvel's, but the floor is so much lower. Mm-hmm. The great DC books you mentioned: Year One, Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns, Sandman, uh, Morrison's Animal Man, uh, tend to be much better than the best Marvel stuff: mm-hmm. uh, Secret War, Ultron, Unlimited. And uh, but Marvel's yeah. average to poor quality material tends to be uh, very readable, fun and enjoyable. In turn, average to bad DC is typically unreadable trash, only good as toilet paper. Mm-hmm. And I think he is absolutely right about. I am it. totally with him on it. Yeah. The, the some of the most important stories in comics in the last twenty years, I think, have come out of DC. Yeah, I think if you were to pick the twenty best DC books of mm-hmm. the last thirty years, and these are only. DC, I'm not counting Vertigo or even like Watchmen stories, mm-hmm. but just book starring DC characters and book starring Marvel characters, mm-hmm. the 20 best of both of those. The DC one would be a way better group. Mm-hmm. It would just be a stronger group. I think so too. But I also think if you were just to pick 100 random comics mm-hmm. from all On from the shelves right ev- now. Well, from everything oh, from the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. You're you would get way better Marvel. Your your good your hit to miss ratio with Marvel would be way stronger. And then and then Cooper said, and I meant to do I meant to check this out. I agree with a lot of the stuff in the podcast. But if you're looking for a good current DC uh, stuff, definitely check out the online exclusive stuff, mm-hmm. huh? Which I never do. I um, did download the first free issue of uh, Adventures of Superman. There, I downloaded Batman sixty six and like that's fun. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I, I mean, he he mentions here, but. Legend of the, of the Dark Knight, which is what I meant to check out, because that is the most reasonably priced currently published comic with a high-profile character on the market. Legends of the Dark Knight. All right. Digital exclusive. But that's an anthology and Adventures book, of Stu- uh, Superman. Yeah, uh, I think the first is the first one by, like, Damon Lindelof or something like might that? Might be. They, they like to start with big names like that. Well, let me go back to the forums here. We have Awkward Loser who says, DC walks like this. Oh, I have my narrow butt and tight slacks to my office jobs. And Marvel talks like, well, I'm not going to repeat that. uh, that Ah, That's true. They're so lame. Uh, But really, DC uses Batman a lot. Marvel is guilty of way overusing Wolverine, uh, who is the worst fictional character there is. Well, we already disagree, Uh, so your point is now invalid. Events are very much a Marvel thing as Mm -hmm. well, but so is maintaining the status quo to make the events worthless. Uh, all right, I will say DC, uh, yeah, he says, DC is also willing to reset, but as a result, we'll let things get weirder for mm-hmm. better or worse all in hand. So, so yeah, I guess what he's saying is, I I think he's right here that in that DC events matter more and change more things, but then in five years, they just reset everything. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, Marvel events, a lot of times, don't do dick in mm-hmm. the end. And have reset the are just back at the status quo at the end, a little bit, and and so it feels more unfulfilling. Oh, I that's why in the long run I came to dislike DC because mm-hmm. I was like, all right, these were all awesome comics I read, 
Oh, none of them matter. Now. Not <laughs> one of them matter. Great. Uh, I also want to say Soggy Sage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always boil it down to Marvel wanting to be new and fresh, while DC preferred sticking to its legacy. Mm-hmm. Which I, I actually don't think is true. I think it tries to run from its legacy. I read a mm. great one that Chris Sims... Another of his articles he had reviewing the um, the Batman seventy or Superman seventy fifth anniversary celebration collection mm-hmm. they put out, which is oh yeah stories from every He's sad Superman. It's all sad Superman, <laughs> yeah. Well, not all, but like Superman crying in every in almost every book, and Superman losing, mm-hmm. and Superman being like, "Man, I suck at this." It's, like it's Superman becoming Superman a relatable person. He has mm-hmm. hope. It's not about him being sad and being useless. Like. Mm-hmm. That you should show a range of emotions. I'm not saying they shouldn't have one Superman cries comic, but he should not be so fucking useless. And that's why they be. But Chris Sims's point was, and this goes back to a big problem in Man of Steel. They're like, no, Superman's not fun and colorful. He's gross. He's sad. He's <laughs> he's got problems. Like, come on, Superman fixes problems. I can uh, Tron two two nine seven nine has a long response, but I think it's a pretty good one. All right. Um, if I may, <laughs> also says he enjoys the podcast. Uh, I can only speak to the time I've been reading, uh, which is from around the late 80s, early 90s to now. Aside from um, the characters, DC has gods, Marvel has real people. The biggest differences for me are behind the scenes. Marvel, since they pulled themselves out of bankruptcy, mm-hmm. seem to pick a creative direction and go with it. From a reader standpoint, they have the confidence in their books and the ideas that stick with them and let the uh, creators do what they do. I also think they don't get mired in continuity. They rejigger origins, etc., as needed as time goes on and rarely use comic resets just to fix things. House of M and Age of Ultron change stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but, but to set the, time ta- set the table for future stories. DC, on the other hand, particularly uh, since the New 52, but well before that uh, as well seem to be uh, second-guessing themselves and what, yeah. they, what they want their universe to be. Instead of, uh, instead of letting less desirable elements fade into the background uh, where they can be ignored or picked up later, they scorch the earth with, uh, with some continuity reset. Uh, crisis, Zero Hour, Infinite Crisis, Final Crisis, New 52. Um, yes, all true. Then they have to go through ridiculous story gymnastics to bring stuff back uh, when they decide that it's okay now. So you have four relatively different Superman origins. Earth 2 is a race, but characters from there somehow exist. JLA were the first heroes until the JSA was. were uh, Until they weren't. Yes. Uh, they constant, they're constantly shifting the status quo uh, for for the Legion. Supergirl exists, and, she does, and then she doesn't. Then she's an alien. Then she's his cousin again. Stuff like this. It's it's the res- it results in lackluster books uh, to him anyway. And the behind the scenes creator issues happening now would indicate that the the way of thinking is still going strong. Yeah, it it just feels when you mention all that stuff, it just feels like a lot of wasted time. Like mm-hmm. they, you got to figure they want to do these resets to be like this will make it easier to tell great stories. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they'd say, but. They just spend all this time making it, it the resets to seem do like those. And, and harping back to my old analogy, it does seem or like a businessman. Like, yeah. this will make it cooler if we pretend this never happened. Like, uh, not really. And then, and then you'll get someone like uh, I don't know who's like Jeff Loeb, and they're like, you can bring up whatever you want, mm-hmm. whatever continuity you think exists to serve your story. Do whatever you want. Yeah, and I do. I also 
thing I had heard this this theory that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. that for uh, the longest time DC Comics kind of got to do whatever it wanted mm-hmm. because its corporate overlords didn't care. Yeah, like, they're like, yeah, we got the characters, we'll do what we want with them, and so who cares what you do? So do whatever you want, and they were under no purview, which can be freeing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then in this, then at a certain point a few years ago. They came under corporate, and corporate was like, mm-hmm. "You guys have to have a profit. You guys got to be." And it, it just that's what really hurts it for me. That it just feels so corporate. Not Vertigo. I think Vertigo, despite the loss of Karen Ver- Berger, mm-hmm. still feels more more artistically free, though not yeah. completely free. But like, I feel like it wasn't some stupid editor or some dumb writer mm-hmm. that wanted to do Watchmen two. It was an executive who just yes. says. Hey, I see this Watchmen book is our best-selling mm-hmm. thing every month, or is one of our best-selling things for the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. We should do another. What if we had four of those? We yeah. make even more money. Meant to, meant to, what was the one Brett was recommending? Oh, uh, well, it wasn't Animal. No, what was it? Damn it, I can't. Remember. Oh, well, um, oh wait, I'm going to read a couple. Here. Go for it. Um, all right, we got uh, Jipur. Geopore? I don't think. I feel like we're mediating some argument. Geopore, that, yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, wait. Let exist. me read my side. Mm-hmm. Let me see. All right. <laughs> I've already. I've always found Marvel heroes to be relatable uh-huh. and the outside punching villains that I want to see depicted. Whereas DC is about the clash of the titans mm. with the best of the best taking on impossible odds. That's yeah. Uh, oh, here's uh, Cody Stovall had a great one that I liked. Which and is, I, uh, I want to point out that we're not saying this to prove that one is inherently better than no, the other. That is I, not. I the like the at discussion that started. It, it just, it just me. I'm actually in a position where, like, I want to read everything that comes out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that Cody Stovall says DC is better. Mm-hmm. Par- parenthetical in animation, mm-hmm. which matters most to me. Fuck comic books. Whoa. Though I Whoa. yeah, one hundred percent, Cody Stovall is right that DC is better at <laughs> animation totally. and fuck comic books. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, go ahead, go for it. This one more. This bl- long. Bladed Falcon says, uh, "I just always felt Marvel's universe is more complex, more well developed, and interesting, and DC's feels more cartoony and superficial." Uh, both companies have their share of mm, stupid decisions, characters, and twists, of course. But I tend to feel DC is the one that ends up pulling the more silly stuff and expecting people to take it seriously. Like, say, taking ridiculous names such as Boomtube <laughs> and expect us to hear, read about that, that snickering, which I think we helped add to the snickering of that once upon a time. Though I, when that Marvel vs. DC came out, uh-huh. it had been the old games radar days. Mm-hmm. You got. You were making a funny video uh, from cutscenes of it, just boom tube, boom tube, and I was very serious. They're like, yes. "Well, it's the it's how they teleport." Excuse <laughs> me, that that's the name of their teleporter. It's an important plot device. <laughs> I think just hearing not only characters vocalize that, mm-hmm. but the horrendous Mortal Kombat voice actors yeah. voicing boom that. Tube. Boom tube! <laughs> yeah, it was pretty dumb. I want to say I stole the dick writing thing from Bootsy Claus, who said, uh, this podcast constantly marveled dick, dick writing has made me read DC Comics. I will say <laughs> any comics by Gail Simone are instantly great since she gets the character she writes. Fun fact, she wrote uh, the Simpsons comics for a while, so she can be funny when she needs to be. No, I Gail Simone rules. Like mm-hmm. she is the best 
Uh, you know, Scott Snyder is great, but she is the best writer at DC right now. Like, 100%. I love he, he brings, Gail Simone. He brings it up at the end. He's like, here's a bunch, he mentions a bunch of comics that are great. Uh, Catacolism, which I'll always pronounce like that, based uh-huh. on a very short-lived YouTube video of a PR person pronouncing World of Warcraft. Catacolism. Yeah. Classic. Um, no Man's Land, Nightfall. Yeah, I get it. And then he's like, honestly, if you know where to look, you can find good comics. And I think that's the point we're trying to make. Like, if I just want to try a hero in DC, or try a line, I mm-hmm. I don't have the same. Not Even it's not, it's not supposed failure to be easy for you to, to start success up, rate. But... Yeah, like like they made it really easy digitally. Like I can buy anyone for ninety nine cents, and the fact that I can read every one of those and not feel compelled to go into the next issue mm-hmm. is weird. Not not everyone, obviously. But uh, a much experience, much less disappointment than Marvel. Should I read the long response? I don't even. Know what it says. Uh, I'm going to shorten this one. You should read all of this guy's response yeah. in the comments, but mm-hmm. uh, or not the comments on the forum, Raccoon Hall. But uh, I'm going to just read his thing in the end that he has a good point mm-hmm. about uh, uh, the fun. And he says like, yeah, DC. Meanwhile, this is mainly about the movies, mm-hmm. but DC. Meanwhile. It's still in the last decade. Their movies are dark. Their heroes are gritty and realistic. realistic. Mm-hmm. Well, as much as you can be with godlike powers. And it's just not fun anymore. Did anyone have fun with Man of Steel? I haven't talked to anyone who had. No. Most people were turned off by the destruction. Mm-hmm. And Superman, the brightest of bright characters, fucking killed someone. Mm-hmm. Literally becoming as dark as possible. Uh, basically, DC is still in the darkness of yesteryear, and they need to come into the light. Mm. Until they do, Marvel is the shining beacon of humanity. Marvel is what we want the world to be. DC is the dark shadow we all wish to forget. And I don't, I don't totally agree with that because it's phrased very harshly. There was an interesting point in that I liked. Uh, I should have mentioned this last week in mm-hmm. JLA Avengers, which I mm-hmm. think. Not only is like the biggest, most fan servicey comic that ever existed. I still That's say too. it is. It's a lot of fun, and the art is spectacular. I love George Perez's art. Mm-hmm. But one of the more interesting things is early on when the characters visit each other's worlds, mm-hmm. like they make interesting statements about what defines them and makes them different. And hmm. the like, what happens is when the when uh, the Avengers go to the DC world, mm-hmm. Quicksilver sees the Flash Museum. He's like, they make fucking museums to these people. <laughs> and then Captain America is reading the newspaper and he's like, and the Flash Museum is central to to the Flash comics. Like, that wasn't uh-huh. a new development at the time. And then Captain America's like, yeah, it's super, they're having parades for Superman and, Cap- and Batman works with the police. Then oppositely, uh, they have a scene where the Flash gets teleported to the Marvel world uh-huh. In front of an anti-mutant mob who lynches him. <laughs> so yeah, the point That's is a great point. Yeah, that Marvel's world is skeptical of its yeah, heroes. No, they're not deified. Even Captain America, they're like, I don't know, Cap. You're saying that DC is for Republicans. It, well, that is what I would. <laughs> I would just say that it's it's a more idealized world, like, or it does feel like sort of in DC. And this is not a negative thing. Like, it gives it a different flavor than Marvel. That's what I like about it. Is that it? It almost feels like not necessarily a Republican guy, but a more old-fashioned guy. Like, man, remember the good old days? It was. I wish things were like back then, and that's that's why the DC old DC world feels like. You know, a little Pepperidge bit. Farms. Remember a little bit. I just I wish there was a better balance in acknowledging the past because 
because to be totally totally honest, Captain America is a great character currently in the Marvel universe, and he was he is that character, mm-hmm. always was. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a shameless patriotic beacon. He is a flag with abs, as Cole Bailey yeah. <laughs> once called him. And he's he's he managed to grow out of that while still acknowledging the past. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have want to get into Ash and Red's comics. It's super long, right. and I feel like it'll be insightful. Although I have not read it because. His avatar on LaserTimePodcast.com is Pikachu wearing Ash's hat. Oh. Exactly. Um, in my opinion, one of the key differences between the Marvel Universe and the DC Universe, um, he says, parenthetical, beyond those pointed out in the DC versus Marvel crossover, such as the DC Universe worshipping its heroes uh, and being much more idyllic, whereas in the Marvel Universe, uh, by and large, it's a much grittier, dark, and disturbed place where the heroes are often relegated to be, being either clandestine, misunderstood, uh, or completely unnoticed. Uh, but the fundamental difference is the basic archetype uh, which these characters originate. DC's classic pantheon is full of many multi-decade character archetypes operating on a two-dimensional and wholly uh, psychological and cathartic binary. Wow. Their powers and uh, personas are beholden to a quintessential character dynamic that will fuel stories in perpetuity. See Superman and Batman, for example. Marvel's yeah. mainstays are even more recent characters... Um, Though Spider-Man is 50 years old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's my CBS okay. message. Marvel's uh, mainstays and even more recent characters seem to often be driven by real, in comic land, it's mm. parenthetical, uh, and three-dimensional human beings uh, being afflicted with a set of abilities who must cope uh, with being real people um, while accommodating an existence with powers. Think of the drama in X-Men and Spidey's lives. It's much more frequently humanistic intention and focus. Moreover, many of Marvel's heroes have had to deal with uh, fallibility, inability, confusion, and the affliction with things such as drugs, AIDS, familial trauma, etc. Not to say that these tropes don't pop up in the DC Universe, but they generally appear as defining traits from the origin of many characters from the 616 and beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this stems from the fact that DC's main heroes stem from a more single-note and two-dimensional period of character conception. Uh, check out the Golden Age. Um, whereas Marvel came into its own during the Silver Age, where depth and two-dimensional conflict binaries allowed real-life issues and cutting-edge scientific speculation to fuel the development of stories. It's interesting to think that in, uh, in the comments of DC wanting to be Marvel, as we can see with uh, the significant issues of Green Arrow and Green Lantern, to be a response to, uh, of awesome creators at DC wanting to shrink, uh, wanting to shirk the campy trend of the latter years of the Golden Age in pursuit of a more cognizant and co- uh, conscious social commentary occurring in the pages over at the House of Ideas. Not to say Speedy's run-in with uh, heroin or the profound Green Lantern and Green, La- uh, Green My Arrow... My sidekick? <laughs> a junkie? <laughs> and Green Arrow crossover uh, wouldn't have occurred without Marvel attempting it even gradually, uh, similar types of commentary, but their collector cohabilitation of this period in the medium's growth suggests a correlation, if not a social awakening, with the medium itself. It begs the question of what would happen if uh, Chris Claremont was at DC earlier or Alan Moore had to give, been given a crack at Spidey. Yeah. Uh, what, would, what would that have gotten us? Uh, the true believer in me wants to think we would have gotten things of equal brilliance and perhaps even more. And he's, he still goes on, but you're... It's one more paragraph. May as well finish it. uh, It's interesting to consider the current uh, tenor of the big two and uh, to contemplate their futures. While I still hold the defining difference between DC and Marvel is the juxtaposition between character dimension, 
dimensionality and at one point uh, at one point in and at one point in the character's identity their humanity becomes the focus but in the current age of uh, in current age business but in the current age business practice uh, also seems to be taking a major divide. As much as DC wants to be Marvel, Marvel is manipulating itself like a large business. <laughs> Sustaining its uh, successes will, while experimenting with new products. Um, that was the end of the sentence. DC's desperation to reboot and uh, retether uh, re uh, canon in an attempt to find ground with a modern audience seems counterintuitive, especially when, you, uh, when the complexity of their respective canon is seemingly so important for the fans and the stories that they desire to tell. I'll shut up now. It's a good yeah. point, too, because DC's been under major corporate management yeah. for, for for almost my whole lifetime, and that's just happened to Marvel, and as much as the reports mm -hmm. are like Disney's being very hands-off, they're in the same situation they're as owned DC by right Disney. now. Disney they are is owned a by giant, Disney. giant corporation. Is, bigger than Warner Brothers. Is Marvel say. allowed uh, in two years? Hey, we want to take a break from the movies and just focus on our characters and comics. Absolutely not. Definitely not. Absolutely not. I I do think that they can uh, they can go more to the they can I think they could sell at least experimentation or news stories mm -hmm. with like Guys, these will be in ten years. You can make these into movies if they're good enough. <laughs> like, they're creators making great ideas for us that we own. Mm -hmm. Like, if ten years ago they had told them not to do the death of Captain America, they wouldn't have this movie coming up with the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. So, it's just a, it gives you ideas down the line. I I'll also say his point about dimensionality mm -hmm. reminds me of a, a quote from Alan Moore. Mm -hmm. He was talking about him as a kid when he was reading comics. He was a big DC fan. Mm -hmm. And then he really got into Marvel. And he said it was because he was like, wow, these DC characters are great, but look at these Marvel characters. They're not one-dimensional anymore. They're two-dimensional. <laughs> they have a problem. They're slightly <laughs> more human. Like, uh, yeah. I, I also yeah. go back to the how DC is so... <laughs> wants to be grim and gritty mm -hmm. one of their top writers though he's kind of stepped back lately is Grant Morrison mm -hmm. and he it wasn't quit. about that <laughs> well he? he has kind of quit now but or he's taking a break he was writing every book they had mm -hmm. but that he he would have very dark things happen in his books but mm -hmm. even when he was writing Batman he would have the most hopeful finales like mm -hmm. and the when he wrote his writing a Superman all-star like completely mm -hmm. embraced Superman yeah. can do anything. You never lose hope. Anything is possible. Superman can do it. Superman didn't cry about his future, man. That it was, is, but it was also wasn't tied to like long story story arcs no. or continuity. But his best the, those are fantastic, yeah, by the way. Those were a lot of fun. Even his action comics uh, stuff in New. 52, I love the action comics. That was a lot of fun. Like he definitely had a vision for Superman, and it called back to something Superman hadn't done for the longest time. And I read about it in. Uh, an interview with him that he said too is that in too many comics for the, mm -hmm. a long time now Superman became a tool of the army or of the establishment yep. of just he works for the government he works for the stuff and that that was kind of the point that Frank Miller was yes. making in Dark Knight Returns as well I remember he, he makes him a cliff or something right but if you go back mm -hmm. to the first Superman stories mm -hmm. like he's taking on corrupt politicians evil evil businesses like and that's why in the first comic the action comics Superman is grabbing a corrupt businessman and taking him to jail and saying, like, no, this guy's bad. You, He may be <laughs> friends with the mayor, but this is a bad guy. Arrest mm -hmm. him. And the cops hate him. Like, that's that's why they... 
making Superman anti-establishment, but also, and then being able to do it in a way that goes back to his roots was mm-hmm. really cool. And I'd, I'd and like it was to think a gutsy choice. A lot of places people wouldn't have made. This is just current, and, and Captain America is the same way. And then Civil War happened, and he fought in a way that nobody For civil liberty. He took a side that I don't think anybody thought he would take. Yeah, that was true to his character because mm-hmm. he worked for the government for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, All right, we we funny. we Jeez. need to stop soon, but. Let me read one more from page two. I will say that, uh, as usual, I love... I will say Spade Slicks did mention uh, why is the why is the DC reboot's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he... Well, no. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I want to read you Spade Slick. We're just running out of time. All right. Wait. Let me... Uh, one last person from here. This is from Aimbotmaster. Mm-hmm. Just... Uh, I think lately DC's line-wide crossover events have been sloppily done, but have actually meant something. Sinestro mm-hmm. War, Flashpoint, and even the Spill and Must Forever, uh, Forever Evil. Like, definitely, Sinestro War is one of the best crossovers mm-hmm. I, you know, I've read in the last decade. And, uh, while Marvel's events while pl- have planned layouts and much action inside... Uh, only a few have changes resulting. The ending of Fear Itself, Age of Ultron, and Infinity uh, all don't do yeah, anything. I think if you're not re- reading Uncanny X-Men, mm-hmm. you would have no idea why the Avengers versus X-Men thing mattered in the slightest. And even yeah. then, it matters very little. And Avengers versus X-Men matters more than most. The, like, and the, the ripple only ripples it seems to have is so Cyclops can be reminded that he killed Professor Xavier when people need a mutants reason to are hate back. him. Mutants are back. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, Ultron Unleashed, or uh, Age of Ultron, I mean, sucks. That's what I was asking you. Like, why bring in a Spawn character that yeah. never appears again? It made no sense. It made no sense. It's just because they're friends with Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. All right, but we've gone way over time. Mm-hmm. We need to wrap this up. But man, that was a lot of great conversation. This is one of my favorite uh, topic questions. And we need to explore this again. And explore similar things in this. I, I, yeah. I hate, I hate the idea. What I hate about most fucking, like, news out like mainstream news outlets is that it doesn't have to be a polarizing situation like i just happen yeah. to like marvel a little more never judge anybody i want to like dc more yes it's not that i want to stay in the marvel camp i want to like dc more uh but next week i'll have definitely read some of the golden and silver age dc stuff and i'll be able to talk about that more uh let's see plugs i just want to say Look out for me on an upcoming Retro Knots mm. episode that's very fitting for for what I like to talk about oh, involving yeah. video games, brother. Brother. And uh, that's all for me, Chris. Um, laser time this week. Super great. I helped name it. I was not. You, did. <laughs> you totally named it. Grim gave me like nine name suggestions and then, yeah, that one's way better for cars. I gave you a fart, <laughs> but I gave you a fart joke. All right, so... <laughs> Until next time. No question of the week. Oh, question of the week, yes. <laughs> Sorry. The question of the week. Um, next week we're going to read off some of my favorite uh, best comics of the year list mm-hmm. that a lot of people are putting out. So I would like to know your favorite comics of the year as well, and mm-hmm. we'll definitely talk about ours next time. So just to get prepared for that, in the comments or in the forums uh, for LaserTimePodcast.com, answer the uh, Cape Crisis number 74 question mm-hmm. of the week and we'll read your responses there next week just like we did this week so until next time thank you Chris mm-hmm. Excelsior, Excelsior.